This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Everybody, thanks for tuning in, and welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, Shane Told, and let me tell you, man, I've had a couple weeks of some craziness, and right now, I'm sitting here, I'm recording this. Oh, we got a great episode today with Dan Lampton of Real Friends, by the way. I'm sitting here, the sun is shining, I hear the birds singing, man, like, it has been a very, very, very long winter. Uh, and finally it's like, yes, spring is here. It's going to be 23 degrees. That's Celsius tomorrow. What is that in Fahrenheit? Like 75 ish, 72. I don't know what it is. Anyways, it's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow. I'm excited. We got baseball back as I'm sure some people might know. I am a gigantic baseball fan, a huge Toronto Blue Jays fan. They're off to a bit of a slow start, but I think they're going to come around. It's still early. We got basketball playoffs, hockey playoffs. Basically, this is just my favorite time of the year, and I'm so excited and just trying to stay positive for the future and everything that's coming up with me. Also, patio beers. That's going to happen tomorrow. Very, very, very excited. Anyways, I'm very, very glad that you're here with me. You're listening to this. And of course, if you ever want to get in touch... Uh, to give me some kind words, words of encouragement, uh, or, you know, suggestions for the show, feel free. We have lots of ways you can do that. Uh, we're on Twitter. It's at Lead Singer Sin, S-Y-N. We're on Instagram, at Lead Singer Syndrome. And, of course, you can just simply email me, which is leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. We got the hate line open, 657-666-HATE. Going to be running some clips at some point, but man, right now, just too much positivity in my life. I just can't, I can't go for a hate line episode yet, but it's going to happen. So keep the hate coming. I love the hate. Also, go like us on Facebook. I think you can search and, and it'll pop up somewhere. And we're about to start the Lead Singer Syndrome VIP fan club, whatever you want to call it. And that's coming soon. So please, if you have suggestions for that and what you'd like to see, Send me an email or hit me up on whatever social media because uh, we're putting that together right now and we want it to be awesome and we want everyone to be stoked and I'm excited about it. So get in touch with me and there'll be way more news about that very shortly. Another thing too while I have you, I actually got a book. Um, it's by my favorite band of all time. They put out a book. Well, they're called No Effects. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with them. The book is called The Hepatitis Bathtub and Other Stories. This is not an ad. This is just what I've been reading. And I got to say, man, like I know a lot of people listen to this show because, you know, I talk to other lead singers about, you know, the stuff that people don't talk about in regular interviews, you know, um, and no effects put out this book and it's gnarly. Like the stories in this thing are crazy. And 
I think they're all true, to be honest with you. But if you guys are looking for a real tell-all book that's you know more about punk rock than like Motley Crue The Dirt, which is a great book too, but this is kind of like the punk rock version of Motley Crue's uh, book The Dirt. So check out the No Effects book if you are so inclined. It's uh, very eye-opening and, and definitely gives you a very very crazy like account of of sometimes you know the things that go on um behind the scenes you know in in a punk rock band i will say one more thing while i have you too if you want to support the show uh if if you ever buy anything on amazon it's real easy go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash amazon it takes you right to the amazon homepage. log in as usual buy whatever crap you're gonna buy we get four percent of whatever it is so if you spend a hundred bucks we get four bucks it all adds up so check that out, leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Anyways, I'm going to get into it now. Here's my conversation with Dan from Real Friends. It was really, really great. He's just a great dude, honest, and, you know, we talk about a few things that, like, I think some people in the scene might be scared to talk about, you know, safety at shows and, and this whole incident with Parker uh, and Story So Far. And, you know, one thing is I'm not going to sugarcoat what I think about it, you know, and and I'm going to be honest with you guys. And I think that's why you guys listen to this podcast. And some of you listen week after week after week. uh, And that means so much to me. So thanks again. Here it is. My talk with Dan Lampton of Real Friends. I can't believe you've got the nerve to say you love me. Dan Lampton of Real Friends. How are you today, sir? I am very good because we are not dealing with any more complete bullshit weather here in Chicago because we've had everything between, like, I, well, technically you use a different um, measurement yes. of, like, weather and stuff in Wow, Canada. you actually did your research. You know that I'm Canadian. There we go. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, um, you know, it's funny you, you, me- you mentioned that, and I've talked about this on the podcast, so people are probably like, oh, God, you always talk about this, but um, we kind of do both here, to be honest. Oh, really? Like you do Fahrenheit also? Well, it depends what you're talking about. Like, if you're talking about the temperature of a pool, uh. you always go Fahrenheit. I don't know why, but, like, you know, <laughs> I know, like a, like, a swimming pool temperature, like, if it's, like, 85, that's, like, real nice, you know? Yeah, that's um, really weird. But in Celsius, I don't even know. I guess I can do the conversion. That's like thirty or something. But I, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. We we do we do do both. Yeah, but, but I mean, we've had um, we've had sleet and shit, and now it's now it's uh, nice and sunny, and I'm I'm sitting outside here talking to you on the phone, and it's nice instead of having yeah. to be under three blankets in my room. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I'm in Toronto right now, and yeah, it's a beautiful day here. And like the other day, it was hailing randomly. Yep, same here. Like, what the fuck? But yeah, apparently this weekend, I mean, I assume our our weather's not too dissimilar, I guess. You know, yeah. Chicago, Toronto, both like very big, very cold cities. Yeah, also not too far from each other, so. No, not really, not really. But apparently this weekend's going to be awesome, so mm-hmm. getting stoked on that. Me as well. Yeah, dude. Nice, nice. So yeah, you guys um are off for a bit. Yes. Which for real friends is like a rare occurrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is our first time. Well, um, I mean, we we had uh, we had a couple months off uh, in the winter, like from like end of November to like early January um, to be home. But we were spending all that time like wrapping up the record, so it was like right. we were kind of like only halfway here, you know. Um, so it's nice to ha- finally have time where you know records done, like, and all we're you know all we're doing is just you know, random little interviews, press stuff. And, you know, it's, it's really easy going and it's nice to finally be able to, you know, work, go nonstop tour and write for, for a year and then just kind of have that time to ourselves now and just right. chill because at home. It's, Cause it's going to start up again when this record drops in May and it's yep. going to be insane again for you guys. Yep. Going to do slam dunk. Very stoked on that. And then yep, yep. warp tour. The whole damn thing, right? Uh, yep. Whole damn thing. And, and uh, how, what are your thoughts on on 
Warp Tour. And I mean, just the whole being in the heat every day, uh, like, you know, having to haul your shit or whatever it is. I mean, you guys are on the main stage, so you don't have to haul your shit anymore. Yeah. But like, how, how do you feel about Warp Tour? Are you going into it? Are you excited or are you more like dreading the difficult parts of it? Um, I am very stoked. This will be my 10th year uh, going to Warp Tour, being a part of it to yep. some sort of capacity. So I'm, I'm really, really fucking stoked on that. Um, I mean, I, honestly, it's, it's not uh, too bad for us. I mean, we'll be, we'll be in a bandwagon, so we'll be having, you know, air conditioning and a place to retreat uh, every yeah. day, which, you know, they, it won't be as grueling as, as some other people will have it. Because, I mean, the first the first time we did Warped in 2013, uh, granted, we only did, like, two and a half weeks. We did all the West Coast dates, but we did it in a right. van. And um, so, to an extent, I can understand uh, how terrible it is to do it in a van. I know. I, I could never do it, man. It's funny you said the thing about, you know, you've been a part of Warped Tour either as, like, a fan or as a band for 10 years. And I, I have a similar story. I've... um. I've been going or playing every year since 1997. Holy shit, that is so <laughs> sick. Yeah, so I guess this year we aren't playing, but I'll definitely check it out. I guess it'll be my 20th year then shit. that I've gone. Yeah, isn't that insane? That is so crazy. Yeah, and I I mean, I love Warp Tour, and, and um, you know, I know there are people say, like, a, there's all this shit like last year about people in the safe environment and stuff, and I, yeah. think, I think that is... And I, I think that discussion is important uh, of course. to have, for absolutely. But I think at its core, Warp Tour is important, uh, you know, to what we do, and yeah. uh, it's a great way for for kids to, you know, be able to go and, and experience a lot of bands for a relatively uh, cheap price. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing the thing is with with Warp Tour because uh, I've always been able to to have it be a safe place, and and it was something every year. I looked forward to it, you know, more so than Christmas, any sort of holiday, you know, Warped yeah. Tour was my Christmas, you know, and that's somewhere, you know, where, like I said, you know, like you go, you go for one day and you don't have to fucking deal with any of your problems. You leave that all at the door when you go in and you get to see some of your favorite bands. You know, sometimes for me, it would be, you know, maybe like 10, 12, 15 bands I'd want to see. Sometimes it was only three, but I always felt that the ticket price justified it to some extent but the thing is is that when you have uh certain issues that happen and come up in the scene you know that kind of infringes on other people's safety and yeah. uh you know how um you know because i think that everybody should be able to enjoy it not just you know all of the white male people you know it, it should be something that everybody should be able to take enjoyment from so to have things uh, like that happened last year with like front porch step being on it and stuff yeah. that kind yeah. of, you know, puts it kind of, it, it makes people feel unsafe to a degree. And that, you know, that's not something that, you know, you want happening in that world. You know, you want people to, you know, feel welcome and feel like they can be there without anything happening to them. Absolutely. Well, I think it's, it's more important, you know, all the time that, that this stuff is being talked about. I mean, like the most recent thing, like you talk about safety to show and I know like, I think I was reading somewhere you guys saying it was like a joke. You said like a PSA about, um, you know, no onstage selfies. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, you, obviously you've heard the latest news, you know, with the story so far and everything. Yeah. And like, I mean, you talk about safety at shows and stuff like, um, you know, being assaulted by a singer. I mean, what's your take on that whole situation? Um, well, me personally, yeah, I don't I don't like uh, onstage selfies, but uh, we've had like the uh, we've played shows like I remember there was one time uh, we played in, at the Oakland Metro in Oakland, California, and uh, there was a kid that was uh, it, it was uh, we, we were on tour with the Wonder Years. And uh, yeah. at that that day, it was for a uh, mixtape festival and it had combined. We combined uh, tour packages with uh, a tour that Comeback Kid was doing and um, cool. back backtrack had played right before us. Uh, last song of their set, there was a kid that had done a flip into the crowd. Nobody caught him. And then uh, he ended up landing on his neck and having a seizure and just like, like, you know, it was the show was stopped. Ambulance was called. People were freaking out like, what sure. the fuck? And, and to see something like that happen. Um, well, not, obviously, thankfully, like 
the girl didn't get hurt, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, like stuff like that can't happen and to ha- have that be kind of instigated and brought about by somebody like in the band, you know, that they're going to see yeah. is kind of worrisome, you know, because uh, yeah, that, that's another thing, you know, uh, you know, because kids want to be able to go there and feel safe, you know, same with same with women, you know, they, they want to be able to be there and exist in this space without having people beat the shit out of them or, or look at them differently just because their girl is trying to enjoy the same thing that we all enjoy. You know, we all have exactly. a right to be there and get away from all the bullshit that we have to deal with. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, let's wait for that to go by. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, li- I, li- I live down the street from a hospital. So that happens from time to time. No, no problem. Um, you live in Chicago? Uh, I live, um, I live in the South suburbs. Like I'm like right on the border of, uh, of the city. Like you walk, if you go, if you walk like a couple blocks away from my house, you'll technically be in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, anyways, back to what we were saying now that the, the ambulance went by. Um, yeah, well the, the, the incident happened here in Toronto actually. So, I mean, here it's big news. Like everyone is talking about it and I'm, I'm not sure if that's just, you know, because I'm here or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think like I was a little surprised that it wasn't a little more cut and dried, you know, with, um, with like some people were like, well, she shouldn't have been on the fucking stage, you know, and you shouldn't be taking a selfie, which to me, it's like, well, okay, well, where do you draw the line? Like, what's okay? You know? And obviously, like, like we, I don't know what you guys call them. We call them stage potatoes. Yeah, yeah, come, stage. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. And they just sit there. And it's like every band, I guess, deals with those people differently. I mean, obviously, like, if you're talking about a no-barricade show, people are going to come on the stage and you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what does your band do for in that situation? Um, I mean, normally we have, uh, we have our merch guy, Dan, that uh now nowadays he'll he'll sit on the side of the stage and uh you know kind of go up tap those kids be like yo you gotta fucking go you know like uh try to handle it in you know kind of a fashion where nobody gets hurt and it's just kind of like okay you know because because there's a difference between you know coming up on stage uh taking like just two seconds being up there maybe saying a couple words and then jumping off that's fine but then when you're when you're standing there blocking people's view and then uh, just being in the way, sometimes it can be distracting. And then like, and then also I feel like some, like when you bring like selfies into the equation, like I feel like that's a slap in the face. Be, like, oh, absolutely. Because I like, it, like at least like with me and, and the rest of our band, like we try to like meet kids after the show and stuff. And um, like, there's a time and place for everything, you know? And I, sure. I feel like that's best to take care of like after the show because then to me in that instance it makes it seem like you care more about having a selfie to post on the internet than actually being at that show right or the song i'm currently singing yeah yeah like like what's more important to you you know yeah um no absolutely you know i just i just always ask because you know i've seen bands crew you know like guys be be aggressive i've seen band members push you know uh, kids back into the crowd and you know that's with with our band i don't even like like I, if there's a drunk dude like with his putting me in a headlock like i don't i still like wouldn't push him off me into the crowd you know what i mean i, mm. I feel like i feel like there's no real i don't know i feel like you've got to be you've got to do better as a band member you yeah know? you know your influence is important to people and i think displaying any kind of violence is is uh is completely unacceptable but well, yeah i just cause... wanted to get your take you know because because uh you know, some I don't know if you I don't really know um, Parker at all or anything, but um, I, I'm sure you do. You guys yeah. probably toured together. Uh, you guys are like definitely in the same kind of world. Um, you know, so I don't know like his take or if he said anything, but but I was I was pretty I was pretty uh, um, disappointed. Yeah, well, because the thing is, is that people um, you know people look up to us and stuff, and I think that that's sometimes right. that's sometimes things that we don't necessarily. Um, acknowledge as much as we should and and maybe it's not intentional you know because we don't want to get you know we don't want to let it get to our heads and you know have big egos about it but um because it it just uh sometimes it it doesn't necessarily show kids that that's like a good way to even treat women you know in in some aspects and to have them see somebody that that they look up to treat women in that regard you know it, it it it's not uh as uh they say in the biz it's not a good look 
you know um <laughs> yes but yes you, in the biz yeah because because you you know because this is like like i said you know it's, it's a place for everybody you know it doesn't matter your gender or gender identity like your sexuality or your race or anything it just matters that you're there you know because we all collectively go there every night you know it's it might be a different venue or uh seeing a different band but it's that same like mindset that same space that you know that you get into like when you listen to your favorite record and or your favorite band you know for that yeah. five minutes half hour hour you know or if you're playing it on repeat you know so to uh, you know pe- people uh forgot where i was going with that um but you know it's 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 something that everybody should be able to experience you know and because there are a lot of things that we don't get to choose about ourselves um you know and i don't think that people should be punished for that no absolutely absolutely not man well uh shifting gears a little bit um this five dollar tour thing i gotta ask you about that Mm because obviously you know um you know, we we do the same kind of thing. We're singers in bands, and I looked at the the venues and everything. And logistically, that must have been such a pain in the ass for your booking agent <laughs> and for you guys uh, to figure out. I mean, not just the fact that you're selling only selling tickets for five dollars, and like, where's you know, where's the money coming from? But also, just like, where are you going to put a stage when you're playing in like a fucking batting cage? Yeah. Well, we didn't. So, how was that tour? Um, yeah, I mean, you're playing on the floor. I get it. But yeah. like, how did that? OK, where did that idea come from? And and how was it? Um, I honestly can't remember where the idea came from. But um, what, what I take from it is that like because we played like like, for instance, the batting cages in Philadelphia that you brought up. Like that's a that's a DIY venue that has shows there regularly and stuff. And, oh, OK. And we have a lot of younger fans like I feel like between like you know, 14 to 16, 17 and stuff. And I think that maybe some of them might not have had an opportunity to experience like those skate shops, VFW halls, churches, batting yeah. cages, what have you. Then, you know, uh, maybe they need that little push to discover it. And hopefully now that they've seen us play at those venues, you know, maybe that's the first uh, step through the door for them to go back and maybe check out a local show there or see which other bands are playing there or seek out like those house shows and smaller shows that are going on in their area and stuff, you know, cause I, I remember, yeah. I remember going to see bands at, uh, the Oaklawn pavilion by my house, uh, just seeing like local bands and shit with one of my friends. Cause his mom worked for, uh, worked for the village and, you know, she helped put shows on and stuff over there. And, um, you know, so if we can get kids started on that, then fuck yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. Like where I grew up here, you know, Toronto suburbs, um, we had an insane scene. Like we had so many shows and, and I mean the scene, I thought it was like this everywhere. Um, I know, I know, I know Chicago suburbs had a great scene back in the day too. Yeah. You know, like with like Spittlefield and, and Fall Out Boy and all that, you know. Um, but, but like. I mean, is the local scene dead? Like, does this still exist? Because it's obviously not the same as it was, you know, uh, like 10 to 15 years ago yeah. at all. But, like, in your opinion, you still think that that's, that's viable and it's still happening with, you know, VFW shows and everything? Are you seeing um, that a lot? The local scene is definitely still happening. Um, I don't necessarily think to the same extent that it was like 10 years ago because yeah. we don't we don't really have any venues uh in like the south suburbs where i live um right we used to have mojos which uh i'm sure have you, have you guys ever played there um mojos i don't know i don't know yeah well that that was like our prominent venue on the south side it's in uh tinley park or it, or it we used to be in tinley park and then they moved it to joliet um, a few years ago and now I think it just shut down, but, oh, um, yeah. yeah, but you know, we don't have any venues here. So then we started booking at, uh, at a bowling alley called Centennial Lanes, uh, not far from where our bass player Kyle lives. Right. And, uh, they, and because like Kyle started setting up shows there now, uh, there's promoters and stuff that have been putting shows together there. And, uh, there have been, uh, house shows popping up, um, so this this scene's going, but that's I, good. I, I feel like it it doesn't have like a venue to exist at though, like the just one consistent place. I feel like you know, right? Well, it's really cool though what you did. I mean, you guys did. I mean, 
it's really cool what you guys did, like, starting this out again, like, starting it from the grassroots level, um, you know, to be a big band like you guys are, and to do that is, like, is, like, kind of insane, you know, kind of an <laughs> insane thing to do, um, but I think it's cool, and I think, hopefully, the local scene isn't dead, and it's getting resurrected, and it's gonna be, you know, a bigger thing uh, uh, very soon, you know, yeah. and, and that can be something that, you know, I don't know where I would be, like, I never had... When I started a band, I never had like dreams and aspirations of playing arenas or anything. Like for me, it was like I want to play a good show, you know, down at the, you know, we don't have VFW halls in Canada, but we have an equivalent kind of thing, you know, like a hall show on the floor. Like that's that was what my aspirations were. And now it must be weird when you start a band and kids are like, no, I want to like start a band and go on tour and then play warp tour and then it's like yeah they think- so, so it's such a strange like um uh priority of like goals i guess yeah well because people people think that they sometimes they don't think that they actually have to put in any work which is which is a shame <laughs> yeah, uh, i mean yeah. i've been i remember i was in a band in high school where where the, the people that i was with thought that you know like oh yeah we're gonna go from a to z with nothing in between you know everything like it's it's just gonna happen like there's no game yep. plan for anything like we're not gonna we're not gonna save our money or we're not gonna like plan out our like to have weekends off of our jobs so we can go uh like play shows in neighboring states and stuff and like try to you know build our band like we did with with real friends it was just kind of like Oh yeah, we're just gonna try to write some music and not worry about anything, and then everything else will just happen because that's how everything works, you know? Right? Because I, I feel like, because um, sometimes you know, it's it's awesome that the people in like younger bands want to like jump to touring, but you know, it's it's not necessarily the smartest thing because you want to make sure that. You, like if that's what you want to do that like you have money saved up so you can continue doing it and you know have something for yourself to spend and not have to rely on the band you know necessarily making money at first and sure um and you have to make sure that uh sometimes like if you're going to go out on a limb and go out on tour like far away for the first time and your band's not too big like you want to make sure that people like actually want to see you so that you're not like losing your money and stuff Absolutely. I mean, you got to work on your craft too. You know, you got to get better. Yeah. You know, you don't want to play your first show, uh, you know, your first 10 shows to be, uh, you know, on tour. You know, you have to like work at your craft and get better. Otherwise, you're going to get in front of a bunch of people and not be very good. Yeah. And then people are going to say, well, I saw that band and they weren't very good and they might not give you a second chance. Yeah. First impressions, everything. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I heard you, um, I heard you're quitting smoking. Is this, is this uh, going well? Yes, yes, I uh, I did. I quit smoking cigs. Uh, I am a little over a month. Beautiful, now. dude. Good yeah. for you, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little difficult, but it's uh, it's been it's been good so far. I'm trying. I'm holding in there. Do you um? Do you think it's going to improve or change the way you sing, like like uh, at all? Um, I think it. I think it'll definitely help. Um, I need to get back into exercising again. Um, right. cause that, that was one, cause when I, I had a, like a four month period where I had quit smoking, I was exercising. We went out on tour with census fail. It was like early 2013. And I think that was the best I'd, I'd ever sounded. And, you know, I think that was the healthiest I'd been. And, um, and I, I definitely think when I like, cause I started exercising when we got back home, but then I got sick and I stopped. So, right. uh, now that I'm, getting better i'm gonna get back in the swing of it and hopefully you know come warp tour i'll be i'll be back in full force well good for you man no that's that's Thank a beautiful you. thing um and and um speaking of your of your voice and the way you sing do you have do you have problems on tour losing your voice and stuff because like you belt it out you know you yeah fucking belt it out so I'm, I'm just curious um i i have a lot of sinus problems when we're out west um I don't have a definite diagnosis, but I think that uh, I have a deviated septum from having my nose broken uh, when I was oh, in yeah. high school. Um, so I'm I, uh, actually next month I have an ENT appointment to get that sorted out and looked at. But um, well, the smoking can't help either, right? I oh mean, no, like... yeah, no, the the smoking definitely doesn't. Um, but I, I every once in a while I do. Um, but we have. Uh, we changed over to using in-ear monitors uh, oh, yeah, within the yeah. last few months, and that that definitely 
helped a lot because it, uh, you know, my sound was more consistent every night instead of having to put in my earplugs and then hope that, you know, the monitor situation each night would pan yeah. out and work really well. Cause, uh, the, we have like a Behringer X32 rack yep. unit that, uh, yep. and we, we just control, uh, our ear, like each of our individual ears from like an app on our phone and stuff. So it's super cool. handy. Like, yep. and, uh, and that, that helps me a ton. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely, uh, Definitely, when I'm out west, my my voice starts to uh, get a little raspy just because of how dry it is, and I'm I'm more prone to getting sinus infections. But now that I've quit smoking, hopefully that uh, helps subside it. Uh, yeah, the, the in-ear monitor thing's interesting, right? Like we've been on them for years, and I remember the first time I used them, like the mm. first show, I was like, "This is so fucking weird." I feel like this awful disconnect yeah. from the crowd. You know, and um, it it took me a lot of time getting used to it. Did you find that too, or were you pretty stoked on it right away? Um, I I definitely noticed that. Something that that did help, though, was because when we first uh, started using them, uh, we went, we were on tour with Mayday Parade, and they had, uh, their sound guy had um, crowd mics set up that he let us use. So that kind of helped to get to hear the the kids and everything uh if they were singing and reacting to it but right. uh no i definitely know what you mean because because it, it drowns out so much sound and it's so isolating um yeah and you, all you, you're hearing is like your own voice and it's yep. like you know you feel a little well a lot more self-conscious i guess because it's yeah. like it's like even if you're a little out of like a little off key you hear everything it, at least you can't well i mean when you don't have very good monitors it's like it doesn't matter as much because you can't hear it, and mm-hmm. you don't really think about the other people if they can hear it, and if it's good or bad. It's more just like, at least that's how I feel about it, mm. you know. And then now it's like everything is is like your voice is under such a microscope. Yeah. Um, but did no. you notice? Did, did anyone come up to you when you started using monitors in your ears and be like, "Whoa, that's like the best you've ever sang"? Like, did like fans and stuff? Uh yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely helped. Yeah, I've gotten some compliments on it. It, it it helps a lot um shit what was i gonna say i'm drawing a blank um <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> but no yeah it, it, it is definitely helped save me a lot yeah dude that's awesome that's awesome yeah and i have to ask you this this question because i was um you know i was doing a little bit of research watching some youtube videos mm-hmm. and i saw this fucking hilarious it was so funny to me that Dave in your band, and there's like it's like a ten things you you didn't know about real friends. Uh-huh. And Dave's like, I hate coins. <laughs> if I see <laughs> if I see a coin, I throw it away. And I'm oh like, my. that is the most like that is the weirdest thing I've maybe ever heard of. Oh yeah, um, he hates. So change. what what is the yeah what is the deal with that? I don't know. He just he doesn't <laughs> like money like or like like wait, well well physical money. Like, yes, I don't it's know. Dirty, I guess. Yeah, he just doesn't. But specifically, change. Yeah, change. I don't think he. he I don't think. Uh, I mean, he'll, he'll tolerate bills. Um, last I checked, but yeah, coins. No, like he'll say, keep the change, or he'll give it to someone else. Put it in the the little take a penny, leave a penny thing. Like, right. Yeah. The, um. God, fuck. Who? What? I can't. I can't remember who it was. Um. God, this is gonna bother me. But there was uh, one band that we were touring with. And they, uh, one day on the side of the stage, I think they were just throwing pennies at him while we were playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, man, and like, he was that's... not having it. I, it's gonna really fucking bother me because I can't think of who it is. And of course, once we're off the phone, then I'll remember it. But that's the way it works. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I just had to ask you that. I thought it was so funny, man. Yeah, it's his kryptonite. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and and kind of random but but um okay man hey let's talk about the, the new record may 27th coming yes. out uh the home inside my head yes i know kyle writes a lot of the lyrics uh-huh. in the band was that the case on this record uh, as well or did you have more of a hand um i did uh i had about six songs that i'd written lyrics for for the album four of which made it and then the other two are b-sides but yes i did have a lyrical contribution this time around yeah so so how does that work because you know i I write you know i write a lot of the music in my band too and uh and i write pretty much all of the melodies and lyrics but i i always wondered how it would work if somebody gave me just gave me lyrics 
if like does he doesn't write the melodies, does he, or does he write the no. songs, or does well, he just he just gives you like a book of words, um, and well, you kind of play around with it, or or you work together on it. Like, well, what what we do uh, as a whole is that uh, our guitar players Dave and Eric will get together with Kyle, and they'll uh, throw ideas around for demos, get it in GarageBand with some. Uh, like MIDI drums on there and then Kyle will write the lyrics and then send both of those over to me. And then I'll get like a baseline, uh, like melody, uh, in there. And I, I just like, what I'll do is I'll just look at each line of lyrics and then like, listen to it while I'm, or read it while I'm listening to the music. And then, uh, if any like melodies pop up, just reading it, like, I don't know, right. like I'll, I'll kind of read it like I would a melody or just see if anything, comes to mind and then uh sometimes i'll have like a little melody that um that doesn't necessarily fit like the cadence of the wording so yeah. then i'll i'll edit the like i'll paraphrase basically uh like what he's saying and technically write new lyrics sometimes that say the same exact thing but right. but yeah, it's his I, kind of his idea right yeah yeah but for, for the most part it's, it's usually i'll just like maybe like do like a word here and there that'll switch out for something else just cause it'll sound, you know, a little more pleasant. But, um, yeah, but for, for the most part, yeah, he would just send it over and then I, I would, I just pick lines and certain chunks. Like, cause sometimes like he would say like, he hear like these couple lines being the first verse, these couple lines being the chorus. And like, you know, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And then like I'll, um, before, this record, I would um, put my phone in one corner of the room. I'd have my speakers in another corner of the room, and then I'd be in another corner of the room, and I'd record voice memos on my phone yeah, of yeah. me, like of each part, and like send them over to Kyle and be like, "Oh, yeah, well, like what do you think of this?" And like I just hope that he can like hear everything and know what I'm saying and which lines I'm using and like which right. part it is, you know. And I feel like that necessarily didn't uh give us a hundred percent idea of like the whole song um ugh, sorry um no you're good it, it was it, yeah because sometimes it just it feels it felt like you couldn't like understand some parts in the context of the entire song so like this time around like i got i bought a laptop i have a macbook and i got logic and i would do my vocal demos on that. And then I'm able to just bounce out that sure. uh, yeah. certain chorus or that verse, send him just an MP3 of that. And then it's a lot. And then once I'm done with the song, then we can listen to the whole song as one piece instead of like these little tiny shitty sounding fragments that I recorded on my <laughs> iPhone, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think like the way you guys write words and melodies, I think it makes your band kind of unique sounding like, um, you know, in some ways, like, like, I don't know how I'm not, I don't mean to be insulting, but, or, or I'm, I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say, I guess, but like sometimes when I listen to your band and I, I really like, really enjoyed your last record. Thank you. Um, sometimes it seems like you're trying to squeeze in a line that doesn't fit, uh-huh. but not in a bad way. Like sometimes I'll, I'll hear it and I'll be like, wow, that's like a, a mouthful, bit, like, a mouthful <laughs> or a big statement. But like, of course you sing, you're singing like full out. And and you can tell that the words are meaningful and passionate, so it it ends up like giving your band this kind of like different sound. Like like, do you listen to the Hold Steady? Uh, I have, but not regularly. Like you know the Hold Steady style of like it's almost like talking over yeah. you know a lot of words talking over music, but that's their thing, right? Like mm-hmm. for you guys, it almost gives you this sound where you're like, it's like it's almost like if you throw words away too much, then you're losing what you're saying mm. so it's important that you're saying the whole line that's written the way it is yeah and ma- and then you make it fit it's just sometimes it's like it seems i don't want to say forced because that that's a bad word but yeah. it, it it gives you guys a very unique sound i don't know if you've ever thought about that or, or noticed i haven't no well i gotta hear the new record and see and see uh see the direction you took who did you record with uh, we recorded, uh, well, we did um, some co-writing for the first time with Mike oh, Green. Oh, okay. Who's, yeah. Uh, and, I know Mike Green. And, uh, yeah. And so, and I found, because I found out that, like, he did work with, like, Set Your Goals and, like, the matches and stuff. I f- yeah. Fucking, those bands are absolutely incredible. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, so so we did that for the first time. Uh, we did three songs with him that ended up on the record. Um, and then we did uh, about 11 songs with Steve Evitz. And that, that was our cool. first time working with the producer and doing any sort of co-writing because every, everything else before this record, like we, we'd recorded with a friend of ours that had a studio uh, about an hour away from us in Crown Point, Indiana. Um, and everything was, you know, pretty much just self-produced and like he'd, you know, our friend Seth would throw in ideas every once in a while and uh, little edits here and there with like vocal melodies and stuff, but nothing like we never did pre-production before this record and stuff so wow wow yeah that's crazy yeah so to, to experience that for the first time and uh was kind of weird like having like because we just booked Absolutely. five days in a rehearsal studio just us and steve sitting in sitting there and then uh we we didn't really know what to expect at first but once we started getting into everything we started like i mean first day like you know we'd start uh, like more physically getting in the music, jumping around and stuff and seeing Steve like getting into everything and um, was really reassuring. And, uh, you know, he had just this, uh, this energy um, and he just really gave a shit about the record, which was, you know, really reassuring like it was well, I really feel like cool. your band is right in his wheelhouse you know i mean like i think of of you guys of you know you guys have some faster stuff some double time and obviously steve evitz is known for like his old work you know with like saves the day and uh lifetime and stuff you know mm -hmm. um so so i think it's like he's a perfect producer for you guys yeah and he's he's i mean he's all over the place so to have somebody that can work on stuff like saves the day and lifetime but then also do like Every Dillinger record, like right, a couple right, yeah, Every Time true. I Die records, and, that's, uh, very and true, he did, like yes. Snapcase, like he's just all over the place. So it's it's nice to have somebody that has like that resume and and has just such like a uh, diverse taste, you know? Yeah, co-writes really interesting because yeah, we've never done it, um, and I feel like I don't know if I could do it. I feel like I, I would. I'm too much of a control freak, yeah, to <laughs> be able to give someone else. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. So how was that? Like, and, uh, the, and how did that work for your band? Like, was everybody into it or did it, did it cause some conflict? No, we were, uh, we were all pretty into it. Um, cause it was, uh, brought up by fearless. Like they were just like, yo, do you want to, do you want to try this out? And you know, we, we thought, uh, you know, what, what the hell, you know, why not? Sure, yeah. you, you know, at least right. say, you know, cause if it doesn't work out, then we don't have to use the songs you know exactly and, and um but they eric dave and kyle were in there for a couple days uh because we flew out to california and then i showed up a few days later to like work on melodies and stuff and um i mean everything went off without a hitch you know they they got along Great. we all got along with mike really well and then like when it came to do melodies like it was the same thing like we just had like K kyle brought two sets of lyrics to the table i brought one and then like Mike and I would just sit there look like reading the lyrics while we listen to the music and you know it, it it was like the same thing that I do by myself when I'm putting the real friends melodies together just with one other person in the room you know yeah and he had a lot of really good ideas you know because sometimes he'd be humming something and then I would take that idea that he had and build on it or I'd have something and then he'd start you know building and it was really it was really productive that's um, awesome that's yeah. awesome so I, I have nothing really bad to say about it. it. It was it was a good experience, I think, for us, and it was it was really good to see how you know someone else writes music. Sure, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think I think with music, you you're constantly learning. You know, I think if you ever stop trying to learn more about the art and the craft of making music, I think. I think that's when you start writing, start start writing and making shitty music. That's yeah. what I think. So it's uh, it's really good that you guys are are continuing to push yourself um, and everything. I want to ask you about your uh, side project you started with some of the dudes from Knucklepuck. Okay, Rationale. Um, I just think like I just saw it um, when it came out, and I was like, really, that guy wants to start a side project? Like, isn't he so busy already? <laughs> <laughs> like, is this a good idea? That's what I was thinking to myself. Um, but the tunes are great. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else happening with that? Or um, is it just kind of like on hold right now with real friends just being crazy? Um, we're gonna we're gonna write a little more for it um, now that we have time off and stuff, and uh, right. now that that we're gonna be on warped with knuckle puck and stuff, so that'll give us plenty of time. But 
Um, I mean, that was just something, you know, fun to do in our free time. Uh, because like, uh, when I met Joe, like I met Joe after real friends, like it, it was pretty early on in both real friends and knuckle puck. And, um, yeah, you know, and we met because, you know, of the music scene around here in Chicago. And we only like the only reason that we had met was because we were in bands and we liked each other's bands and stuff. And, you know, there was, uh, one day he hit me up to go hang out at their, uh, guitar player Nick's house. And, um, to, and I sang on, uh, an acoustic version of one of their songs. And, um, and then ever since we've been, you know, like basically best friends. And, um, and then one day we were driving around, um, hanging out and I just asked him, I was like, yo, like, would you want to, do a band together sometime and then uh over like we wrote like four songs over the course of like a year and a half like just when we had free time so it uh it was definitely uh nothing that was necessary like because real friends is number one and of course uh, number one for me and then knuckle puck for joe and ryan are number one and and then ryan's also got uh another band that he's in called home safe um, but you know, we all got our other stuff and, you know, we only do it because, you know, we hang out and we enjoy playing music together and, you know, we're just celebrating music cause I was able to make some of my best friends because of playing in this band and because of the local scene that we have. So like rationale is just a celebration of that. That's awesome, man. No, I think that's really cool. I started a, a little, uh, solo project of my own, uh, a few months back too. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it it is nice to have a little another outlet, you know, creatively creatively for for other things. Yeah, because you, you you know you just you're just doing it to because, um, and it's not not to downplay like you know real friends or like Silverstein, but it's like you know it's it's something that you can like necessarily like not have to take as seriously if that uh, if that makes sense. It you makes know, sense. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, you know. Uh, because I, f- I feel like it is, it is different, uh, like, working on real friend stuff as opposed to working on, like, rationale stuff. Um, definitely a different mindset. Um, but, you know, because that, that's, uh, I feel like, um, more just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like, just because, you know, if, if that makes any sense. I completely get I feel you, dog. I feel you. you, you uh, it absolutely makes sense. Um, how about time for the lightning round? What do you think? Okay. <laughs> There's, it's not a real thing. The lightning round is not a thing. What I, does I that entail? I did it as a joke one time, um, but, uh, with, uh, with Will Pugh from, um, Cartel. Uh-huh. I was like, now time for the lightning round. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just, uh, I asked, um, on Twitter if anybody had any questions, uh, for you. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you a couple a couple uh, questions if you don't mind. Okay, let's do the Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, so Justin George asks, okay. why do fans on social media always refer to you as dad? Oh, I don't know. That's not something I particularly like. Um, I, it, it like. But that must stem from something. Like, that's kind of random. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I think, I don't, well, it's not necessarily just me. I think it's just something that people in bands get called regularly. Um, and yeah, it, it's definitely not, uh, specific to me, but yeah, I, I don't know where it stems from. Um, it just, it, it sounds creepy to me for some reason. Like I can't put my finger on it. You're like 10 years younger than me though. I don't, I hope no one starts calling me dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a dad age than you are, but I'm, I, I thought maybe, oh, maybe like at one point you like spelt your name wrong. Like you, you accidentally typed D A D instead of D A N. Nope. No. Okay. So, yeah, just, just, it's just a weird thing. Yeah. Just a weird thing that people do. I get kind of creeped out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, Emily Bass asks, did you ever wear braces because your smile could end wars? <laughs> uh, I did. I did have braces, uh, for a couple of years when I was in, uh, when I was in high school or not high school, uh, junior high. And, uh, and then I had a couple, um, retainers actually i had um i had the ones that you pop out and that have like the really disgusting like piece of plastic that i feel is supposed to simulate gums 
Yes. Um, and actually one night, cause I, I fucking hated them so much. Cause, I know. um, my, co- my cousin was my orthodontist and, um, and he said I had to wear them all day. Um, indefinitely I could only take them out like, uh, at when I eat basically. And I'd always have, have right. a lisp and I, and I just, I built up this like subconscious hatred to the point where one, one night I, I slept walked, except I remember everything about it like i was i was lucid to some extent and i remember getting up in the middle of the night i went to the to go pee and then i remember sitting there or standing there in front of the toilet i was peeing and then i just reach into my mouth take out both the top and bottom part of my retainer and just drop it in the toilet and flush it (laughs) and then i walked back to my bed and just went to sleep like you know nothing just happened and um and then i remember uh, the next day getting up and then like feeling my mouth. I'm like, wait, my retainer's like not in my mouth. And then I remembered, I was like, Oh my God, did that really fucking happen? And, um, <laughs> and then I, I went, I went downstairs and I told my mom, I'm like, yo, like, I think I did something really stupid yesterday. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's an expensive uh, mistake. Yeah. Yeah, so then I went back, and then uh, my cousin was like, okay, I'm going to put something in your mouth that you can't take out. And then he gave me, like, the wires that, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, that you, you just put, between, like, behind your teeth. And then I ended up breaking those, too, eating ice cream, and just fucking broke off. And then he put another one in that was actually, like, kind of crowns around my teeth that looked really weird. But uh, yes, in short, I did have braces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had braces. I had braces too, actually. But um, I guess the technology wasn't as good as it w- as it was after. So I only had the shitty retainer, like the one the one you flushed down the toilet. Yeah, and uh, yep. and I never, I like never wore it. And then my bottom teeth went all crooked, and they're still yeah, crooked. Was it from your wisdom teeth growing in? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess it was maybe. But I don't know, or maybe it was just moving around. But my top top teeth are straight. My bottom teeth are, are pretty crooked. But yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> oh, All right, well. one more question uh, from Colby D. He yeah. asks, uh, "How did the covers with this wildlife come about, and uh, was it challenging?" Um, we were actually gonna do a, like a whole split with this wildlife, um, where it would be like one song would be an original, and then another song would be like the covers. Um, but then, uh, and we had it all recorded. Uh, we got, we had a cover and everything, everything was ready, set to go. And then, um, I don't think that all of the legal stuff was able to be, um, kind of figured out between fearless and epitaph. Labels. Yeah, yeah. Fearless and epitaph. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we were going to release it in January just to kind of be something for both bands to put out like while we're waiting for records to come out and stuff, you know, just something fun. Cause there are boys yeah. and, you know, and, and we've, we've never done a split before. So it was like, okay, like it's something that we get to do. that's cool. And, you know, something that we get to cement in our discography with some people that we consider like really good friends of ours. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, but the, but because of like all the legal stuff, then I guess it couldn't come out until September. And I was like, well, what's the, you know, kind of what's the point? Cause, uh, cause we both cover, cause then I think both of our records will be out cause they, they recorded yeah. a record recently too. And then, and like the cover for the split was based off of both of our first records. So then to release something like after yeah, the second yeah. record comes out and then it's, just, it's confusing for people to, to yeah. understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then in that sense, it would just make more sense to, uh, to have like, to wait and then cover something off of each other's second records. But you know, it's, it's a shame because that the song that this wildlife recorded for the, for the split was absolutely phenomenal. And, wow. uh, I hope, I hope that they, that they use it for their record. Cause it was, it was too fucking good. Like, yeah, I mean, or, or like, if not, you know, maybe down the road, like, you know, in a, a year and a half or, you know, when, when you're at the end of your cycle, uh, you could do it then, you know? Yeah. 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 But it must have been cool. Like you take, I, I mean, I heard the cover you did and, um, you know, they're obviously they're an acoustic band. Mm-hmm. So adding like full instrumentation, that must've been pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. I had, uh, put, I had put like the shell together for it. Um, as a demo in logic, like well, over the summer last year. And then, uh, and then Dave and then our drummer, Brian, uh, sat down because I, I had gotten like three quarters of the song like done and figured out and then they sat down and 
figured the rest of it out, went in and recorded, and then, you know, then we got it all together. But no, it was, it was a lot of fun to do and um, definitely something different for us. Which I thought, yeah, which no. I thought was awesome. No, I mean, I, I the split like it's another thing. We've done a couple splits. We did, well, we did a split with uh, August Burns Red, where mm-hmm. we each covered. Um, it was called Four Minutes Being Cool, mm-hmm. and we did, um, we did a cover of um, the Get Up Kids, and they did a cover of uh, Saves the Day. Oh fuck yeah! So we did it for like Record Store Day, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I wish I wish more bands did you know splits and and you know collabs and stuff um obviously there's silver tooth i don't know if you've heard about this oh i have i have <laughs> i have heard about silver tooth um, yeah, so. I'm, I'm, I'm upset because uh because i was out for a week on uh warped last year and uh i didn't get to see it i don't i don't think uh that you guys did it while i was out there no we just did it twice we well we did it in scranton because we knew Scranton was going to be like a terrible day <laughs> um so we were like how can we make how can we just make scranton more fun so that's why we did it, and then uh, it was a lot of fun. So, I mean, that's that's like, I believe being in a band should be fun all the time. Oh, yeah. And the second, I always said, the second that I'm not having fun anymore or that this feels like a fucking job, I'm done. And that has not happened to me yet. So you seem, you guys seem like that kind of a band too, though. Yeah, I mean... You, you guys don't take, you guys don't seem to take things like too seriously or too to heart, you know? No, we... I mean, we never really had, uh, I, I feel like that only really happens if like you start a band with like those intentions, you know, that you're going to be doing all this shit and uh, like you're going to be the biggest band in the world. And, you know, uh, but we, we never had like any of these illusions. Like when we started, it was just like, you know, we're going to we're going to play in our free time. And if anything happens, it happens. And if not, right. then, you know, whatever. We gave it a shot because uh, I remember actually the day that uh kyle had given me a call asking if i wanted to uh get together with them and see if it would be a good fit i had submitted uh my college application for illinois state university and uh but well actually i didn't pay to have it submitted i still had to do that but i had filled it out and you know that was the next step to pay 40 dollars so that somebody could review a stupid application for me to try to go to school but um you know we, we you know we never had that you know, clouding up like what we wanted to do in the beginning. So, you know, I, I, we've, we've had such a great time. We've been so fortunate to have what we have, you know, cause like the, those three years, three years ago when we did the, the West coast dates of warp tour, like that was something where it's like, what like else do we do after this? Like, how does this get better? You know, where do we go from here? You know, right. th- there's nothing else, you know? And, um, so then to get to do the full warped again and then get to do it again, you know, a third time this year, um, yep. even and to have all the opportunity, like, because we've got to play with some of our favorite bands and um, got to play some ridiculous shows and share some amazing moments with, with all of these people that give a shit about our music. And we got to make so many friends and people that, you know, that we're going to have around hopefully for a really long time in our lives. Like that's something that all of us are incredibly grateful for, you know? So, right. Absolutely, man. Well, I mean, and, and it's, it's just starting, I think. Like, I feel like, <laughs> You know, I feel like this is going to be the record that's really going to take you guys to the next level. Um, I can't wait to hear it. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys are nominated for like APMA awards, like Artist of the Year. Like, that's pretty, must be pretty surreal. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys, you guys don't seem like the type of band that would really like care about that kind of stuff, but um, it's, I mean, you know, awards are yeah. cool and all. No, I <laughs> so. mean, it's definitely, it's definitely flattering. Um, yeah, that's the word for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, because I mean, because granted, it, it might not be like our cup of tea, but a- AP has been uh, very, very, very awesome to us, and and you know, to to be considered for for that is is crazy, and it's it's so cool because you know, because I grew up, uh, I grew up reading AP and stuff, so to be uh, involved with them to the to the extent that we have been is is fucking awesome. So I think I think I'm actually I don't know if I can say it, I will, but I mean, because I'm going to be presenting uh this oh, year good. too so that's but, awesome but maybe maybe that was a, a leak i don't know i don't know if they'll care that i said you know it's not that big a deal i don't think so i mean here's the thing like if you guys if you guys are nominated for artist of the year you guys <laughs> are gonna be there i mean it's obviously like they do it around warp tour and you guys yeah. are on warp tour so i don't think anyone's gonna be shocked if you are uh yeah are presenting an award at all if you told us who who was going to win, then uh, then maybe that would be kind of troubling be if I did. They, <laughs> if you knew that, yes. 
Yeah, no, I don't think they know. I don't think anyone knows. I don't think they even like. I don't even think they tell pe- the bands like the day of that that like the winners that they're going to win. I don't oh yeah, they, like they I know. I decide who wins. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, well, you can say whatever name you want to say, I guess. Yeah, because I just I print it out beforehand. I put it in my pocket and then I swap it out in the envelope. And then I Perfect. open it up and it's like, oh yeah, proof. You know, I I I knew who won. I did it. There you go. Gold star. Gold star. Good for you. Yes. <laughs> Well, dude, thank you uh, so much for for jumping on with me today. Um, here's to some great weather in Chicago. Yes, yes. <laughs> a little bit of time off, continuing um, to withdraw. To uh, sorry, withdraw. Continuing your quest on a smoke free lifestyle. Yes. Hang in there. I know it can be hard. And oh. of course, man, like have a. You guys are gonna have a big year with Warp Tour and everything, and. Uh, I'll I'll come out and hang and I'll come say hi. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, of course, man. I also I wanted to share one thing with you. Please um, share because I remember that that warp tour that we first did the Ventura date. Um, I'm I if I remember correctly, Tobin had you guys host the hopeless party out of the back of your bus. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, I remember him coming up to me, absolutely shit faced. And, and saying this is Eric Tobin. So yes. people know this is Eric Tobin who basically runs Hopeless Records. Yeah, and he comes up to me completely shitfaced. He's like, because uh, this this was before we had signed to Fearless. Um, yep. So we were being courted, and he he, he comes up to me. He's like, Dan, this is over there, Silverstein's bus, and you go over there and you talk to the man, and he'll give you any, anything you want, and you don't <laughs> you don't have to give him any money. Don't worry about him. <laughs> he, he will give you all the alcohol you want. And, and I was like, okay, you sound like you need to go to, to bed. So I'm going to let you do that. And that night, yes, I was very uh, in a weird state after that. And I, I don't know why I'm sharing it, but I am. And uh, it was fun. <laughs> so we partied because that yes. I'll, I'll admit that was a bit of a foggy night for me. Too. Yes. Well, I ended up... Um, on a lawn chair, like I had to, I was staring at the ground um, outside of like Monster Flames bandwagon, just staring at the ground because I felt like if I looked anywhere, it, I got the spins and would fall and die Uh-oh. at any moment. I ended up throwing up on the ground, and then I got a little bit of uh, vomit on my shoes. Like some, like this is like like very minuscule, something I could have next day just wiped off. Perfect, good as new, but. Um, I decided to take off my shoes and throw them just willy nilly wherever. And those, and that parking lot is all rocks. So then we had yeah, to go yeah. walk back and find the van. And I walked barefoot uh, through there. So, th- so thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry for the free booze, man. No, I remember we set up, um, like we, we didn't have like anything to make a bar out of. So we made a bar out of like, of like dummy cabs that we had in the trailer. And then we played music through, a guitar amp uh, like we didn't have a speaker or anything so we pl- managed to plug like a an ipod into a like a t- like an orange you know like like rocker verb head or something through the cab and it like sounded pretty good <laughs> <laughs> Ter- probably terrible for the amp but whatever that is fucking sick but yeah it's, yeah, it's fine it's fine as long as it's not too loud don't blow it out yeah, that's that's absolutely true, man. No, uh, dude, thanks for sharing that with me, and thanks for doing this. And um, I'll definitely try to come by a warp tour date, and we'll uh, we'll hit up the barbecue. We'll you know we'll do it all all, all proper, and we'll 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 relive that date in 2013. Yeah, uh, but maybe maybe just not quite the same way. No, I would not. No, I I, I, w- I would like to be a little more here. <laughs> <laughs> nice man. Well, hey, thanks again, and uh, all the best with the new record. All right, thank you, Shane. It was, yeah, it was nice talking you. to you. Thank you Very for nice having me. Very nice talking to you, too. Of course, Dan. Thank you. All right, have a good one. You too, man. I'll see ya. So there's my conversation with Dan. Great dude. A lot of fun. We spent a little time after the interview actually talking about everything and uh, definitely going to go out on Warp Tour. We're going to try to uh, try to have some fun again. Uh, hopefully no pukey-pukey this time uh, on his part, but <laughs> I love that story so much. And man, Eric Tobin, I wonder if Eric listens to this. What a great dude. One of my favorite people in music. Uh, Hopeless Records is just a great record company. Uh, so many great people over there. 
Anyways, next week on Monday, we will be back with another episode as always. Make sure you're subscribed. And if you want to help out the show, go on iTunes and write a review, preferably five stars. Give me some love. And hey, thanks again so much for listening to this. I'm going to leave you with a tune as always. Here is a brand new Real Friends track from the upcoming record, which is out May 27th, I believe. So go pre-order that shit. Here is the song, Colder Quicker. It's a great tune. Enjoy. Peace and love. We'll see you next week. I've got more complaints, more than pleasantries to say. Every monument is idle and rearranged. Every Hands are not.